0: yeah i oh, know i don't need all right cool <clears throat> hola compadres and welcome to episode 50 of dad's talking dads Five zero. it's amazing my name is johnny <laughs> oh wait oh god damn it I, I i mixed up our intro i messed it up let me restart that record scratch sound effect <laughs> <laughs> i'll even do like the, the really professional be like three two one And welcome to episode 50 of Dads Talking Dads. My name is Johnny. My name is Joel. My name is Tony. And this is a podcast about your favorite baseball team, the Slam Diego Padres. We mess with Texas. Today we're looking at the bright spots of the season so far and the potential troubles ahead. But first, we've got the number of the day. And today's number of the day is 54. Uh, does anyone want to take a stab at it? I, I, I gathered this number from our as a hint from our group chat early
1: I know what it is. I think I have a pretty good guess. <laughs> I think.
2: Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, I think Tony was the one who wrote he it, so I'll let Tony do the honors.
1: Is it number of home runs by the team on the year?
2: Oh, incorrect. I actually, oh, this one. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, go Joel. <laughs> this was the the EPIS pitch that Zach Granke
0: threw. It was fifty four mm. miles per hour. <laughs> Which is absurd that someone in Major League Baseball is getting by with a 54-mile-an-hour EFIS and throwing it on the regular. Uh, um, that's my yeah, uh, 2 seam I mean, fastball we, speed right there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I can I can ramp it up to 60 sometime. But,
1: uh, but we were also... Uh, what? I will say, they have also hit 54 home runs on the year per ESPN. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, is that true? Oh, that's amazing. I'm not sure if that counts Machado's today or not, so that might be wrong, but I was close. Coming I'll into take today, close. I'm pretty sure Jeopardy, like they would have given you that money back. I'll take it. I'll take it. A hundred percent.
0: I'll take it. They would have been like that was technically also correct. The best kind, correct. Um, yeah, the best kind, legally. Uh, but we were talking about how Zach Greinke is a guy that even though he's pitched for the Dodgers and and pitches for the Trash Tros, that uh, it would be he's a good guy that would be fun to to have on your team. Um, I I think Diamondbacks would beg to differ. Uh, Diamondback fans would make to differ because they had that kind of a couple rough years with him, but he he just seems he seems like a hoot. Um, I feel like Will Myers is our is our closest version to that that we currently have um, on the hitting side, but but having them on the same team would be would be pretty hilarious. But uh, I was wondering if you guys have a guy not named Mike Trout uh, that you've always wanted to be a Padre because I think that's the easy one. But um, do you guys have? An answer i i realize that i haven't totally thought of one because granky is usually my my person but i'm gonna think of another one
1: i have a joke one and a real one.
0: Oh, feel free
1: the joke one is mike trout's son <laughs> just sign him now <laughs> 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 to a minor league deal for i don't know 16 years and then reassess after that um the real one is obviously influenced by recency bias, but we were linked to this player. It's not just, ah, wouldn't it be great if the greatest player was ours? Um, But Luis Robert on the White Sox, we were rumored uh, to be pretty close to signing him in like 16 or 17, whenever it was. And then he ended up going to the White Sox. I think they offered more money and it was a lot of money, but it is hard not to kind of imagine the what ifs as I think we often pontificate on like, otani and others in the past, but imagining him in the outfield would be pretty pretty crazy right now, but I mean, you know, all things considered it's kind of working out. Um I'm just glad the White Sox don't have Tatis and Luis Robert because that would be very not fun for everybody else.
0: Yeah, that and uh, and Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez. Yes. And Lucas Giolito. Jesus,
1: and, and Grendel, Phil. which I didn't want to bring up, but Yeah. At you know, least. That's a lot of a lot of talent. At least he's having a slow start, which is what that's like the mm. classic Padres fan. Oh, at least and then some kind of <laughs> justifier for why we shouldn't <laughs> feel
2: as bad as we feel.
0: <laughs> he's not hitting three fifty.
1: Um, I have mine, Joel. Do you
2: need some time? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of names going through okay. my head right now, but No I'm worries. I know one. there's
0: a lot. And, and I was I was going through a few because I was initially thinking, like, Otani, I think, is probably my, like, um, uh, yes. is definitely one. I was, I was pretty crushed when he didn't come here. But I think Same. my, my true one, and I would actually, it's, it's perfect now that we're using the DH, um, would be Josh Bell from the Pirates. Uh, he's a switch hitting first baseman, uh, who could also, I mean, with the way we're doing the DH, like, we're just kind of doing that rotation where everyone's a DH. We're all DHs, um, and so I, I, he could, you know, he could absolutely factor into that rotation. Um, and he is a guy who hits for power, hits for, you know, average, um, and is languishing away on the Pittsburgh Pirates, a rudderless ship uh, with a, um, a, a just an organization to be able to get out of its own way. I can't imagine what that's like,
2: uh, <laughs> but I'd, I'd sure, I'd sure love Josh Bell, um, Joel. Yeah, so i got a couple. I, I've got one. So, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon's kind of on the downswing, but I always thought it would have been cool in a prime to have uh, Andrew McCutcheon. I think he would have been a really cool padre. Um, but then the, but then my main one is, because, you know, as a San Diego State alum, i got to be true to my, my guy here, and I, I'd have to say Steven Strasburg. I, we, had, mm. we didn't really ever have a shot at getting him back. The Nationals were going to lock him up no matter what, but it would have been really cool in that, like, first couple of weeks where it seemed like he might have been able to go anywhere if we could have somehow somehow snatched Strasburg over to San Diego to be a hometown kid. That would have been so cool. But yeah, it's obviously, it's not going to happen now. But maybe maybe for the best, I guess, because he's got, what, Carpal Tunnel was the the diagnosis. Mm. What have you been up to there, Steven? (laughs) Too much Fortnite? Too much PUBG? I'm not sure if that's what Joel was referencing. (laughs) No, I know.
0: (laughs) For sure. Oh, man. I also want to change my answer to another first baseman, uh, Anthony Rizzo. I think it'd be sure would have been swell if um, Anthony Rizzo could have ever been a Padre.
1: That's that's unfair. That nice. You can't go through all the bad <laughs> trades because then it's just the, the segment's too long. Trey Turner, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Yeah, Trey Corey Kluber. You just
0: can't. It. You want, yeah? Let's change that McCutcheon to Shane Victorino. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man! Um, all right, so yeah, the, you know, not, I honestly, I, I had a, there were a few guys, but for the most part, I, I like the guys that we have more than anyone else in the league. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's an incredibly likable team. We are very lucky to have. Um, speaking of, hey, the dads are good, as the show notes say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, if we if we had recorded this last week, and I think it would have been a much more down <laughs> podcast. Because um, yeah. I think at that point we were about 500. We played seven games in seven days, had seven wins. Because um, I believe this time, this last Sunday was the, the Tatis 3-0 Grand Slam game. I, or was it Monday? It was Monday. Remember, at this point? Yeah. It was Monday. Sun- okay, yeah, because seven days started in Monday. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this has been kind of a, a crazy week. Do either of you want to kind of recap a little bit of of what went down?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you, you kind of talked about the start of it, right? So August 17th, uh, we had the the infamous three zero Grand Slam, it, which just makes me almost sick to my stomach because it was Tatis's first Grand Slam of his career. <laughs> He's got to be sitting in the dugout, getting an earful from his veteran teammates, who and I guess Hosmer's backed away from the fact that he was quote-unquote lecturing him, but I don't know, man. I watched the John Boy video of this, and it looked like he was getting a little bit of a talking to and was kind of doing the 1,000-yard stare of, like, I can't believe I have to hear about this after I hit a grand slam, my first. Just like, that's just not the way you treat, you know, somebody who's hit his first, you know, grand slam, let alone this guy who is clearly the MVP of the team, could be MVP of the league this year, and is absolutely the future of your franchise and possibly the future face of baseball, if not probably the future face of baseball. So um, that's kind of where we started last week. Um, I, I think I've said enough about that first game, but there's a lot to talk about there. Um, so I don't know if Tony, want you wanna, if I can hand it off to you and you can talk about what then happened in the next three games. Sure, yeah. Um,
1: completely agree with what you said about the 3-0. It's, it's like one of those things where it blows up and you're like, man, I can't believe this is happening. Like, it, Just such a nothing burger that completely blew up. For, for some good and some bad reasons. The good being like, we were mad at Tingler for not defending him. And it's like, yeah, we should be. That's You do not... First year manager, your only job is to be a player's guy, and to not do that is pretty inexcusable in my opinion. And uh, made even more upsetting by the very next day at ten thirty a.m. So not like basically twelve hours later, he had to walk back everything he said because clearly someone above him and the team was like, "Hey, <laughs> we can hire a thousand of you. We cannot sign a <laughs> yeah. thousand Tatises. So get out there." And walk it all back. And he did, but like really clumsily. Like just kind of like not, he didn't just come out and say, hey, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Instead, it was uh, more word salad that just kind of was like, all right, I'm kind of done hearing you talk about all this. But that bad taste was quickly erased, as Joel referenced, over the next three games as they go (laughs) Grand Slam into Grand Slam into Grand Slam, including a walk-off Grand Slam, which is, I think, the hypest thing in baseball, period. Like it doesn't get better than that. That's I would. Say, gets, I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe a no hitter. We wouldn't know, but maybe. But <laughs> what does that feel like? <laughs> a no hitter. <laughs> wow. I I can only guess and imagine. <laughs> but like, if you're talking about like accomplishments, like a cycle is fun and cool, and we actually do have a couple. think or excuse me, we have one. Definitely only by one. Will Myers. Not
0: that. Oh yeah, that's true. Not Thank that you guy. for reminding me. Uh,
1: but like. Who. I remember when that happened, I was like, oh, yay, now we can stop being made fun of. I wasn't, like, excited about it happening for the actual feat of it. It was just, thank God, this conference is over now. But walk-off grand slam is as hype as it gets. So in order, I believe it went Tatis in the first game, Myers in the second Mm -hmm. game, Mm -hmm. walk-off by Machado in the third game, and then I think, well, I know who it is, but I think as the bases were getting loaded, I kind of, like, uh, messaged you guys a little, like, oh my god bases are loaded again yep. and even when I said that I was like there's no way this just doesn't happen to us like I'm I'm happy to be like one of the five or six teams that gets to th- and it's like we'll share that record and I am totally good with that yay we're good and then <laughs> Hosmer absolutely heard me and was like I'm gonna shut you up just like I've shut you up for this entire <laughs> season and just whips one out and makes it four in a row and no team has ever done it since ever ever and it just feels so surreal to be in the record books for something not only good but for offense. It's just very oh yeah unlike what this team has been for so long, and uh, it, it still like doesn't really feel real. And then, of course, not the next game, but two days later, Jake Cronenworth unleashes his own grand slam to make it five and six days. Hence the, I mean, the Slam Diego uh, nickname was born prior to Cronenworth, but I think that just etched it in stone. Um, It's it's crazy. I can't believe this is the same team that we've watched for so long and anguished over so long. And I I don't remember a team this um, potent with offense in my years of Padres baseball.
0: No, I think this is probably like the best offensive team since the um, since the ninety eight team. More than like I just I can't think of any anything else like the early petco teams were were pretty good in in the mid-2000s but it was like nothing compared to this like um i mean like brian giles was probably our best offensive player for those teams and like he is i don't even know he'd be like the number seven hitter on this team um so it's yeah yeah i think it's a it's a totally it's a totally different animal and Having like you were saying to something offensive, not just like you know the bullpen held people scoreless for thirteen innings. Only like, to lose, exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they lost, <laughs> they lost. They were two and eight in those games, but the bullpen was great. Like, no, yeah, no. He was, and and then yeah, I mean, and then there was the day off. Yeah, and then and then Cronenworth hit one, hit one yesterday. So I mean, five in six games is is absolutely nuts. And I I especially just love doing it against Texas teams because. Texas just has this superiority complex over everyone, but most especially California. They're like, how dare you almost be as big as us? Um, <laughs> like, how dare you be happy about living near beaches? <sighs> California. Um, and so for us to just go in there and like kick them around for a week
2: was super, super fun. I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, it always feels uh, good when you, when you beat a team that bitches that and moans about the most, again, nothing burger is such a perfect term for it, Tony. Just like, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen such universal support for Tatis hitting, you know, taking a swing on three uh, zero as I've seen for anything else in baseball. There's always, you know, it's not necessarily 50-50, but there's always camps, right? If somebody thinks that uh, somebody got thrown at intentionally, there's always that camp. It's like, are you kidding? Look at the count. Look at who was on base. There's no way they threw that intentionally, that kind of thing. But for this, I mean, it was really amazing because I'm looking, you know, it's in the age of the internet, too, to see just absolute... Lockstep, unanimous support, you know, green light, swing at it, Tatis, you're the face of baseball, go do your thing. Hilarious. So to to knock a team around and sweep them in four games after they pull that crybaby bullshit and then to follow that up by sweeping the cheaters of baseball, the disgraceful Houston Astros, a team that I was super hyped about a couple, you know, when we were early in the podcast. So it was a team I was sort of uh, aspiring to be. It was a team I was talking about as far as like trusting the process and rebuilds and this is what the Padres should be emulating, uh, only to find out that they were cheating. So to, to go ahead and take it to them like that and sweep them is a great feeling. Um, and then on top of that, the fact that they're following up a five-game losing streak where this team last year would be done. They would pack it in, and the clubhouse would be gone. There would be, you know, the guys that were probably still hitting well here and there and padding their individual stats. But as far as a cohesive team that was trying to win ball games, it would be game over. But they turned it around and have now rattled off six in a row. Uh, with really no signs of stopping, and I think maybe my favorite, uh, maybe my favorite win of those six, yes, six Tony wins, um, was the uh, August twenty-first victory over Houston. Um, oh, maybe is it seven now? I think yeah, it is seven. yeah. Baseball <laughs> reference. I kept so going hey, back just, and forth. Just, like, hey, it just yeah, Baseball reference. Yeah, it's seven. <laughs> it's all right. They haven't updated their page Takes yet. A I apologize for being a dick about it, Tony. <laughs> down no, 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 no. i, I anyway, backed
1: off of but, it too because i was like
2: wait a second i think i'm wrong uh, <laughs> but yeah so the august 21st victory the 4-3 win over over the astros with no home runs at all winning with with small ball which is i think something and we'll talk about that in a minute but that's something that's gonna be so critical for them um but i mean just good feelings all around again i'm glad we decided to record this weekend rather than last weekend because the tone <laughs> would have been very different
0: yeah um yeah, I think that was one of my favorite things too. Though that, that you were talking about Joel is how everyone on on Twitter and kind of in the in the media there for the most part, other than like I think uh, uh, Mike Mad Dog Russo or whatever the hell his name is. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, or Chris Chris Mad Dog Russo, not Mike. I'm thinking of uh, the guy that he used to do radio with, but um, but yeah, like nearly everyone was just in favor and just kind of like it was just kind of a fuck the unwritten rules moment, um, that I hope is going to continue now, like, now that, you know, and, and as, uh, hang on, my mind almost went three places at once, but now that there are, like, changes coming to the game, and people are being more accepting of changes, and being like, no, we, like, we need these, you know, like, we need DH in both leagues, like, we don't need pitchers, you know, hitting, like, there's no reason for us to be doing this, it's, it's stupid, um... And, and there, I think there's more of a fan embrace of new changes coming to the game. And so hopefully that kind of breaks some of those unwritten rules. And I think just like we're in the era of transparency with the internet and we're in the era of like we have a right to know these things and like saying that you're just going to handle it in-house. Like often things don't get handled, whether it's like a baseball or otherwise. So like just this whole like you're going to take care of it and we'll trust you. Like I don't think the fans do trust or, or or have an interest in having that trust that things will just get handled in-house or that the you know the unwritten rules should be followed um, And so I, I hope that this in a way is kind of like a, like a breaking point or a turning point at least um, for baseball and for the MLB as well to realize that their like vocal supporters are are wanting change are wanting um, you know yeah I, I think just change coming to the game positive change coming to the game. So
1: what happened to hashtag let the kids part? play?
2: Yeah, exactly. Come on, like, guys. Like, walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. Well, I mean, let's be, come on. Let the kids play unless, you know, there's three O count. Uh, or unless they're bright. <laughs> That's what it sure seems I mean, yes. like. Unless right. they're br- Yes. Let the kids play unless they're going to show up, you know, pitchers with their pimping of home runs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't even do that with a straight face. It's just like. Yeah, it's it's hard. Ugh. It's it, So can some of the
1: trolls on Twitter. They can barely do it with a straight face Yeah. well. <laughs> all, all the egg avatars. It's just so weird, too, because it came out later, yeah. after the whole kerfuffle, that apparently the Texas pitcher, I uh, don't remember his name, but he was, quote-unquote, breaking an unwritten rule himself by throwing sliders. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this has to be a joke. That's yeah. not real. like That's right. It just seems like there's unwritten rules for the unwritten rules. And it's like, uh, is... where where does it end you know it just seems kind of yeah silly to have all of this there i mean i i don't know all the unwritten rules i'm sure nobody does but like i can't think of one right now that is like you know what that's actually good for the game and it's crazy to me that the punishment for breaking the unwritten rules is throwing at someone which should be the only unwritten rule it's It should be a written rule. Like, like, you accidentally maybe piss off some manager, not even a player, and then you might have a 100-mile-per-hour heater thrown at your head, which definitely could kill you. It just seems so backward to me. And it's like, if you explain that to someone who doesn't watch baseball, they're like, what the hell are you watching? That yeah. makes zero sense. No, absolutely. And especially
0: considering how many times it seems that it's Tatis and Machado getting thrown at. Like, it's... Mm-hmm it's all it's especially those two as well and and time and time again we're seeing the umps I mean even even in that game the umps did nothing they didn't issue a warning it wasn't until um and I I was reading online apparently Chris Young former Padre is the one who's in charge now in the commissioner's office of issuing um the uh, suspensions and everything like that and so there wasn't any there was no warning or anything there was no ejection to the Rangers um, and it wasn't until the next day when Chris Young announced that Jabot had been suspended three games, uh, Woodward had been suspended one, Woodward served his that day, and then uh, Jabot um, appealed and ended up actually pitching in that game and then Tati stole third on him which was hilarious when they were up 6 nothing. just as a nice middle finger. Again, uh, uh, to the to the Texas Rangers. So, Um, yeah, I mean that was it. It it was pretty ridiculous. I honestly, I'm wondering like if there's going to be a certain point where Tatis just gets hit and just goes after someone. Like I just I, I or someone else does. Like I don't you know someone like there's like an enforcer on the team, but. Genuinely the guy the guy's been hit so many times for so many stupid reasons and like he's getting you, you just watch him slowly This is season two of it. He's slowly getting more agitated And I wonder if at some point he just snaps and like beats,
1: you know uh, uh, Who's some stupid pitcher on the Giants? Uh, the Who's the dude who has the long shaggy hair and he's wild anyway? Yeah, he threw it. He threw threw a trout too. Right? Yeah, that's the one I threw it in like that, twice. Yeah, like under Strickland. Some like no, that's no, a good answer because he's an asshole too. But, but um, I think his first name is Sean. I forget Sean Anderson. I think. Yeah, I think that's it. He's got like yeah. wavy, like shoulder length blonde hair, and he sucks, and he's wild yeah. anyway, but he was in the news this last week yeah. for, uh, yeah, he threw it at Trout's head, and of course, everybody's like, oh, was yeah. wild And anyway. I think he threw it at, at Tati's or Machado last year, too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's got the cover. Um, yeah, and then so. you talk about unwritten rules, too. That's that's a good 90% of the reason that I don't like Madison Bumgarner at all, is just he's such a <laughs> crybaby about that stuff. Like, he's, on numerous occasions, gotten visibly... I presume on the field, vocally, audibly upset about people happy about hitting home runs, like, the pitch better. <laughs> like I don't know. That that was yeah. the, the theme of you know uh, that past week when when Tatis was getting all that ire for hitting that grand slam three. I was like, hey, pitch better. Like you're you're playing a game, and not only that, you're playing a game in a professional environment. This is Major League Baseball. You're getting paid to not let that guy hit the ball. He's getting paid to hit the ball. Let's all just do our jobs and not like get our panties in a bunch about it. I, I don't know how else to put it, but anyway.
0: Yeah. No, I was really happy to see. Speaking of, I was happy to see that Davies came out so strongly in support of Tatis that that night as well. Too, he was just like, nah, just like you just got to make a better pitch. Like, if you don't, if you don't want him to swing, don't throw it 91 miles an hour down the down the pipe. Like, he's a good hitter. Why would he not want to swing at that? Like, that's it's like showing a bull like a you know a, a, a red flag or whatever they um <laughs> throw around there I don't I don't know words um, and they're just being like well why did he run at it why did he charge that bullfighter how da- how dare he didn't he know that the bullfighter had a broken leg like well then the bullfighter shouldn't have waved a red flag at the bull hmm
2: <laughs> i'm kind of hoping though did he, he know if, he was an 87 charges the mound one of these days i hope StatCast
0: has uh. his exit velocity on the way to the Pitcher's Mound. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. He had a 17.8 <laughs> so mile an hour sprint speed. <laughs> and, uh oh, my God, yeah. Home to Pitcher's Mound times. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and he's big, too. He's, like, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Like, he's not a... He's not a small guy, especially if it's a you know some bullpen guy who's like you know five ten and is in the bullpen because he's five ten. Oh, for sure. Like Tatis will just whoop his ass. Yeah, like he's lanky <laughs>
1: proportionally, but he's a he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a big fella. and obviously so strong. I think we've he's proven that strong. he could. Yes, he, he's, he's, strong. he's strong. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. <laughs> we could just have Josh Naylor prank them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh Uh-oh! Incredible. Oh, incredible.
0: (laughs) 60-day disabled lists.
1: No more thumb. Sorry, guy. My favorite part of that story is, wasn't he with Florida when that happened? And that's just Mm -hmm. the most Florida thing ever. (laughs) It just makes too much sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: For sure. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, so... A lot to be excited about with the team. Um, It's been a very, very nice week. Um, But again, like we said, if we had recorded this last week, uh, I think it would have been a little more down. Um, There is definitely some room for improvement on the team, even though we've just been Slam City, Slam Diego. Um, So we kind of wanted to to go over what each of us feels like could or should be improved, um, and how we would improve it. Um, And Joel, your name is first there, so why don't you go over your idea
2: first yeah so i kind of alluded to it a little bit in the uh the previous section here but um, i think manufacturing runs um, has been something that has been i don't want to say plagued this team but i mean last year it certainly plagued this team uh, trying to you know find a way to win without hitting the long ball when the long ball is not working this team historically um has basically been dead in the water it's just not happening if they're not able to hit yet for extra bases or hit home runs and i think um they're starting to figure that out i think uh, ironically enough, it's resulted in all these grand slams is that they're able to work counts and, and you know, get some timely base hits rather than swinging for the fences on every at bat. And then they end up loading up the bases and with, you know, the clutch hitting that we've seen over the past seven games, not six games. Apologies again, Tony. Um, they end up, you know, cashing in for, for grand slams and they have a ridiculous batting average with the bases loaded to it. I think I saw a tweet from Dennis Lynn that said they were like 12 for 27 with obviously five home runs and a couple of doubles in there as well. So, I mean, I think if they can find just that perfect mix mix of being able to um, get some of these guys on base first before they start hitting home runs, which is, of course, easier said than done. You always want to, you know, if you can hit a home run, if you get a meatball, you want to convert it into a, a run instantly rather than necessarily trying to wait to get guys on. But when you find yourself in game two, game three of a losing streak, and you don't want it to turn into the five-game skid that we saw just this past you know week, uh, two weeks ago, I should say, um, it might be time to try to dial it back on the power side a little bit and just you know try to get the ball in play a little more and do some damage that way, rattle some of these pitchers, get the bullpens working a little longer, and then even if it doesn't necessarily get the result you need in that game, you could be wearing down that team's bullpen and, and pitching staff to where... It's going to help you out in that next game to be able to turn things around. Um, so I feel like that's one of the major uh, points of struggle for this team. There's also a much bigger one that I wanted to use, but Tony beat me to it. But um, I'll leave it at that. I think, again, being able to um, convert with a little bit of small ball, I guess, when we need to be doing like sack bunts all the time or anything like that. But being able to you know, get timely base hits rather than swinging for the fences in all situations, I think is going to get this team to the next level to where they're really stringing together wins and they're, you know, um, these seven-game streaks are going to be something that's not necessarily commonplace, but not as rare as as we've come to expect them from the Padres.
0: Yeah, no, I I, <clears throat> I definitely see your point there. I I think it's really good that we have. And I think this was part of AJ Preller's design of like getting all those on-base guys this season. Um, like as well as Fran Moraes is doing in Cleveland, I don't think he would have actually fit. Um, stylistically, I guess, on the team. Like, he's he's not that on-base kind of guy. Um, And I have noticed that, you know, like you were talking about, it's when those guys start working the counts and they get those walks and and all of a sudden that just starts, you know, piling up and the the pitch count goes up and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm trying to remember whose grand slam it was. It might have been Hosmer's or it might have been Cronenworth's, but the reliever had thrown like 40 pitches in the inning. And then it was just finally just one mistake that was just that we just absolutely capitalized on and and, and um
2: you know, but And that's mention, these uh, cars aren't robots, yeah. right? That those kind of situations are putting more <laughs> pressure on than a solo jack will. Yeah. Like I mean, given giving up a home run is always gonna shake you up a little bit. Um, but it's much easier yeah. to shake off a solo shot than it is to to you know, sh- shake off being rattled from a three run home run or a grand slam, obviously. Um, totally. So even in the game situation, I think it makes sense to try to get more guys on base before you try to cash in. Obviously, again, it doesn't always work. Baseball's <laughs> hard enough as it is to try to be like, all right, let's wait until we get two, three guys on base before we start trying to hit. Um, but again, <laughs> trying to work counts. Trying to be patient at the plate is is something that's going to create that for you um, without necessarily having to totally. try.
0: Totally. Um, yeah. No. I, I think I think that's a really good point. I th- and I think we got the guys to. To, to keep doing that, like you know, like you were saying that we've got um we've started those streaks and, and and they should continue. So um I will go next. Um so uh what would be improved it would just uh no COVID. Uh, we've got a uh, Pod squad only fans account and uh they might be I'd like one, a honestly. just a I mean, just like <laughs> these days. Who knows? I, know, I may I, I may or may not be first i just need to find fans and then uh then make it only hey guys for fans only fans only. um it's just it's my feed is just like it's it's just a ceiling fan it's only fans it's all you'll ever see dad jokes uh okay. Um, so for real, uh, what I would actually like to see, uh, the, I guess the, the room for improvement here is the depth. Um, I mean, we, we've been given depth this year with the roster, um, construction being differently than it normally is, but, but I would like to see, uh, excuse me, sorry about that. Um, I would like to see more, more people being called up that can be, um, true impact people for the team Uh, like I I, I like Greg Garcia but I don't really see his role fully on this team, um, especially now that we have Jake Cronenworth um, and that we have Jerickson Profar um, who's just, you know, like both of those guys can hit from the left side and both of them can play multiple positions including second and like Profar could probably play third like in a pinch, I I don't think that would be like out of the question, he can play first so he can essentially play the entire infield and and, uh, I, I don't doubt that Cronenworth could play third considering I've seen him play first, second,
2: and short like almost gold glove caliber it's insane i agree um, johnny i mean why why but, do we have a guy like greg garcia on the team when we already have ty france
0: that's true that's true monster time ty- although i was i was like ta- i was like annoyed that he that they took out Naylor the other day and brought in france i'm like what the hell is this on twitter and then like immediately he hits home <laughs> so i was like all right fair fine fine like shut me up <laughs> yeah he did he 100% did um, but no I, I want us to, to start bringing up guys from from the uh, from the alternate side so with um, Tommy Pham probably being done for the season which is so frustrating considering that we had a DH spot that he could have just sat in um, but I'd like to see Taylor Trammell up I'd like to see Mackenzie Gore and or Ryan Weathers got his name right nice. um, <laughs> so The first time to yeah hell yeah <laughs> To help out with the um, to help out with the bullpen and or rotation. Um, Both of them are are lefties. um, And at this point, in the bullpen with (laughs) He's already up, bro. I know, I know, but the joke was stupid. Perdomo's (laughs) up. (laughs) Tony just Uh, Tony
2: added. Bring up Perdomo.
0: (laughs) Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, Perdomo is the answer. He's the X-Factor. Missing Link, baby. Uh, But yeah. Um but but right now, so with Drew Pomerans hurt, we've got Matt Strom and we've got Tim Hill, and I think those are really the only lefties that we have right now. I don't know what's going on with Joey Lucchesi. I don't know if I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. I can speculate. I have no idea why they haven't brought him back up. Um but I would like to see Gore and Or Weathers just for an extra lefty arm, um, either to be in the rotation or or in the bullpen. Um, but ultimately like I'm, I'm seeing these teams like the White Sox and these other teams that are looking to contend call up all their super young guys I'm like screw it at this point like why not I mean we've we've played We, we I think we've only got what 30 games left or something like that um, so I mean why not that's not I mean that's really just not a ton of service time I don't know Maybe I know it's different um, I think like maybe like the way that it accrues this year with how everything is. Um, I don't know how things are prorated, but but I would just bring those guys up. Like at this point, I think it's like a 90 or over 90% chance that we're making the playoffs according to all the little statistical odds um, things. And and if we are, like bring these guys up. Tremel was already basically like knocking on the door. Gore was as well. Weathers is young, but. Um, has shown this season that he, his his velocity's back up in the mid nineties, so he seems to be really in in playing shape now. So um, yeah, I would just bring all the kids up, make this team even more exciting, make it more fun, give these guys a taste of the playoffs, um, give these guys a taste of of real fun baseball since they don't have a minor league season.
1: Once again, hashtag let the kids play, but also uh the thing about this year that it makes this so tricky slash interesting is there is no minor uh league system so everybody is kind of in the dark about how well a lot of these players are doing because they're just at the amorphous alternate site with no data coming out no footage no information at all so it's like where is joey lucchese we don't even know we don't even know if he's like doing well down there? Is he working on something? We we just have no idea and that carries for all the others so I mean really the only way we know is they gotta come up otherwise I, I mean the team obviously knows they're tracking all of it but as fans and as hosts discussing this we just have no idea without actually seeing them and it's like Patino struggled a little bit upon his first couple of games but he seems to have really settled in and he had two really nice innings today that kind of showcased his full arsenal of pitches and you uh, it was really great hearing um, mudcat kind of talk about it because he as he often does kind of gives his insight from a pitching perspective of oh this is what he should be doing and there's a really nice strikeout where mud's like oh just go back to it go back to the breaking ball and he does for a swing strikeout and you can hear he's all excited he's like boy, kid and it's just like wow this is it's like infectious positive energy and you can tell they're extremely hyped about it as fans as well as broadcasters and with Patino kind of getting more comfortable uh, after a few outings it really does kind of make me wonder like what, what would happen if we bring up Gore what would happen if we bring up Weathers and just keep him in the bullpen where that high velocity will really play it's I mean it's like you said Johnny what do we really have to lose I mean there are plenty of especially bullpen which we'll get to but there are plenty of even like Tremel, there are plenty of Spots for him to get playing time where it would make sense, and it wouldn't be like last year where it's like, why is Kinsler getting at bats? Why? What are we gonna do at catcher? Why isn't Naylor playing? Why isn't you could go down the list and there's like ten names of like why isn't this person getting more Urias before he was traded? Like there's just so many um, names that we wanted to see more of, and it's a little less of a problem this year, but it's also just way more ambiguous because we we don't know. So bring them up, bring them all up. Yeah. Or, Exactly. Why not? What
0: do you Like you said, what do you got to lose? Like, rather, you know, if they blow a game, I'd I'd, I'd be I'd be more all right with them than you know, Perdomo or, Ukezi <laughs> blowing a game. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, like, eh, whatever. Totally. Um, so Joni, why don't why don't you uh, why why don't we roll into yours? Speaking of uh, potential relievers.
1: Yeah the the problem that we all want to talk about and we will all talk about it is the bullpen. And it has been by far the biggest problem uh, for this team this year, which, again, in going with a the theme of this is so unlike the Padres uh, with the potent offense, this is the, in the opposite side of that coin where we always have good relief pitching. We always have a solid closer. It's just something I can remember as far back as watching baseball all the way from Hoffman till now. It, there's just always been somebody who steps up and this year, that hasn't really been the case. And part of that is due to injury, like you talked about, Johnny, especially with um, Yates on the IL right now for seemingly a good chunk of time. Um, and Pomeranz on the IL as well now, who was supposed to be the closing replacement. It's kind of, all right, Who who is the closer now? Is it Johnny Holstaff? Because it kind of seems that way. It kind of seems like Pagan. But then, like, Cal will get the occasional save. And it's like, okay, well, as so long as they lock it up, I don't really care. But it doesn't really instill confidence in me as a fan and I'm sure you guys don't feel confident with just, ah, roll the dice, who's going out there today for the save? That's not the same as a Kirby Yates who when he goes out, even though it can be shaky sometimes it's like, you feel good about it the the performance speaks for itself but pulled a few numbers, Uh, I'm not going to run through every single stat but basically it's all worse than last year last year at the end of the year we were (laughs) (laughs) ranked the 6th best bullpen per fan graphs Uh, thus far we are ranked 25th per fan grass, which is a pretty precipitous drop. Uh, you don't want to see that. Uh, ERA is up by over a full point at 5.8, last year was 4.59. Um, K per nine is down almost a full point at 8.95 instead of 9.77 from last year. Walks per nine are up over a full point, which is I think where we're seeing most of the damage being done and honestly most of the emotional damage being done to me because it just feels like every time the bullpen comes out it not only is a bad outing but it's an extremely stressful outing where you just see bad bad pitching leading to walks and they call in another guy so it's like oh god here comes a new mess coming into the game it's not just someone comes in gives up a bomb "Eh, we lose oh well it's always this drawn out like four hour theatrical drama that you're just anguishing through. Um, Walks per nine are up, and then uh, home run per nine is up as well, which is really perplexing because all the data on this year seems to indicate that the ball is not as juiced as it was last year, but kind of tough to make a definitive statement on that because of the shortened season the fact that we're only 30 games in right Uh, that could change after a full I use year in quotes because this year is not a full year but a full season if you will of data to go off of but basically all the numbers are worse they're all bad uh And it kind of leads to the question of what do we want to do? And I would love to hear your guys' opinion on what we want to do because I think there are multiple answers here. But the answer I kind of went with was you have to cut down on the walks and then otherwise hold step. And my reasoning for that is we just came off a pretty rough stretch of having 17 games and 17 days no off days which means if some starter had a short outing which a couple of them did you have to rely on the bullpen the bullpen that is already troubled to begin with uh, overworking them is not going to help Uh, but that being said uh, we do not have that kind of problem going forward we have 30 games in our next 35 with off days sprinkled in pretty evenly throughout Um, the fifth rotation spot which we've typically used as a bullpen day like today He's only going to come up three times over that stretch-ish. Might eke out one more, but probably three times. Um, Assuming they're telling the truth about Pomeranz, and it is only a 10-day injury, he should be back as soon as next weekend. And we have a bunch of really, I don't want to say really bad teams, because Seattle has kind of been competitive against the Astros and Dodgers playing them recently. But we have six games against Seattle, four games against the Angels, who are bad. 7 against San Francisco, who should be very beatable, and 7 against Colorado, who has completely fallen back down to earth, and I think is also beatable. Um, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that the bullpen will kind of regress to the mean with those teams coming up, but I also just think the the walks are the big problem. I mean, the other stuff I think will come with time. I think the Ks will go up a little bit, especially if you have someone like Patino in the pen, who is going to throw strikes and going to have strikeout stuff, but there's just no reason to walk some of these bad teams too. like you see uh, see them walking rangers hitters and it's like come on you you should be able to handle this lineup this is not a very scary lineup but my answer is basically just hey I think it'll get better and I think there are more proactive solutions to the bullpen so I'm curious what you guys think would be the best route here that's a good question um have we tried yelling at them I certainly Uh. have yelled at them a lot. (laughs) I don't know if they're hearing it, but I have tried it.
2: No, I I think a really good point that you made was the the walks being the sort of driver of all of these other problems, right? Um, So, I mean, that that is one of the most precipitous increases, uh, and not in a good way, uh, from 2019 to 2020. Uh, But you also see, you know, the home runs per nine is creeping up. And I think that's probably because they're throwing more balls, getting into um, some pretty... Bad counts for pitchers, right? Some serious hitters counts where unwritten rules aside, um, hitters are going to be swinging at those. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, if we can cut, if we can find a way to cut down on the wall, I don't know if we need to just say like, look, stop trying to strike guys out. Because um, I mean, you obviously you don't want to go middle middle to a guy, even if you are throwing high nineties gas. Because I mean, hitters these days are able to catch up to that. So it's it for, for me, it's more of a perplexing and I guess uh, confounding problem. Uh, trying to figure out how to make this bullpen perform the way we all expected them to. I mean, I remember being super hyped about this bullpen when we signed, you know, Milo Pagan, and um, we retained Yates and Stammen, um, who Stammen might be one of the the most disappointing pieces of the bullpen so far this season. Um, So I'm really not sure what to do. I mean, I don't know if you go scorched earth and say, like, um, send Matt Strom to the alternate site if he has a bad outing, or it's just for the sake of example, right? But somebody who has a, a bad outing, just make an example of them and send them off to the alternate site and say, we're not going to tolerate this <laughs> this level of performance anymore out of this bullpen. We expected better out of you. You guys need to pitch two expectations. Um, it's, it's really tough. Uh, I'm not sure what you do. Call up Darren Balsley and see if he can come on over from the alternate site, because he's still in the organization, right? So... It's a tough problem. So work I mean, your magic, Darren. From saying, I guess I used a whole lot of words. to Say I don't know, but I don't know, <laughs> Johnny. What do you think? I mean, it, yeah. No, I mean, it's hard
0: because bullpens are so volatile and they're so up and down. And like, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at our um at the the pitching stats. And this is I believe this is not including today. Um, and it was a very good day today. But for the uh, all to be today fair, was, was yeah. Yeah, they did, they did quite well. Team came back again. It was great. Um but the, the 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 trouble spots with the walks are Pagan who has 8 walks in 12 innings, um Perdomo who has 9 walks in 11 innings, and Patino, who has 8 walks in 8 innings. Um and I mean Patino I I'm the most understanding of because he's Uh, he's the youngest, and he's still kind of figuring out, and I'm sure he's probably more nervous. Um, But Perdomo, like, just get Perdomo out of there. Like, it's, there's just, there's no reason. Like, there's really just no, like, I think that he came into one of the games right after they called him back up, and, um, or no, it was either right before they sent him down or right after they called him back up because that was only, like, he was only gone for, like, two days, it seemed like. Um, But we were up against the Rangers by, like, I mean, it was like eight runs and he was still nibbling at the corners in like the seventh inning. Like they brought him in in the seventh and even Don and even Don and Mudd were just like, are you kidding me? Like what? Like it was obvious he was at in danger of being sent down. And I think he'd gotten sent down the next day, but it was like, what are you do? Like they haven't done anything. They've scored two runs and you're still nibbling and you're, he walked two guys in the inning. And like, I mean, it, it was garbage. I just, I don't understand. I feel like we have Brian Mitchell again like a slightly better brian mitchell but not by much like that 5.7 strikeouts per nine is not not good 7.4 walks per nine those are brian mitchell numbers um so yeah i i am i am not impressed at all with him um if Hobby guerra honestly has been really frustrating this year as well he's given up th- uh Oh wait, did I oh I mixed up people's numbers there. Okay, so we only given up one one home run. Perdomo was also given up three home runs in eleven innings, which is just insane. Um so yeah, I mean just just overall not uh not not looking good at all. Um yeah, Garrett, yeah, let's see, yeah, twelve runs and in nine innings. I mean eleven strikeouts, which is fine, but it's like a ten point two K per nine is not you know, that, that's not hard to find for the bullpen, so I personally think the javi Guerra experiment, while nice, is not going to ultimately pan out to anything. Prodomo should be banished to the alternate site, um, and Patino, like, I'm, I'm fine, like, if he walks a few guys here and there, he's still kind of figuring out, and Pagan I'm not worried about at all, because his history is, he's really good. Um, Stammon, fire him into the sun, <laughs> he's toast like completely I was waiting done. I was
1: waiting for you to get to stamina yeah I know you have I was going
0: up I was I was going up the list yeah <laughs> I am just so done on stamina like it's just there's nothing left not like it's just he's there's just a couple miles an hour off the fastball have 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 de- you know have, have come off in the last couple of years and everyone is barreling up on his sinker now, which which is like his go to pitch. So it's just he, well, he doesn't
2: have anything else really at this point to go to. He's um and according to yeah. ERA plus, he's twice as good as Kirby Yates has been this season. Um, I mean, <laughs> terrifying. But I, I, yeah. I hope I'm really hoping we can just chalk this up to Kirby trying to pitch through an injury, yeah. which I'm I'm pretty sure I is the most so. likely case here. But my goodness, a 12.46 ERA over gosh how many yeah. innings pitched well only four innings luckily four only third, four right? four and a
0: third so that's goodness. that's not too bad 8.3 but, yeah. walks
2: per nine yeah Whoa, what? so that's what four walks so a walk per inning basically
0: yeah i think yeah his yeah his numbers have not looked good well he was
1: i think you're right johnny that stamina might be the most worrying because i think he is also signed for multiple years is he not I think he yes, has. Yeah,
0: I think they signed him like another four-year deal last year or something like that. So he signed through like age thirty-nine season or something like
2: that. I honestly, that's
0: right. I'll
1: have to. I think Joel's producers are making an appearance. Is. Yeah, look, Lip- oh, Lip- the his flip flops. Understandable. Gotta it's hot, hot as hell.
0: Flip flops. Yeah. <laughs> he just like
2: oh, okay. he's not a four-year year deal. Dude, luckily. <laughs>
1: I appreciate the respect He's for the... He's like, I got this, court. don't worry.
0: Um. Alright, so Stammon signed a two-year deal on in January 2020. Um, okay, so only next year as well.
1: That's not as bad as I feared.
0: And then it has a team option for 2022, which I would be literally staggered... Not a chance if in hell.
1: They, um, not a chance in hell.
0: Yeah. Uh, The signing of... The signing of Stammen led to the DFA of one Nick Margaviches, Mr. Mark Cavages. Mark Cavages. was uh, was DFA'd oh, to re-sign Stammen, which is probably fine. Yeah. Where's Cavages right now? Do we have a? Do I we have a know. whereabouts? You know he's sticking, he's sticking around out there. We'll I know he's on. Click on his name. On the what does MLB say? He's pitching in Japan. No, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> is, of course, on the Seattle Mariners, where all former Padres. Go. Oh, we're
1: about to see him. Maybe.
0: Is Nick, cool. is Nick
1: Vincent
2: still up there? He's he's <laughs> actually pitching for them. Let's see. He's still playing. I think Wait, he just is this got signed. True. Oh, he's a Marlin now. Ah, oh, buddy. Sorry, Nick. Who? Watch out! Dodged COVID over there. Who's, Who's a Marlin? He? We don't know. No, I think he got signed up after that whole mm, outbreak I happened. I see. Um, I think with yeah, the bullpen as well. Was... John, sorry, Joel. Go ahead. I mean, cut no, you're you good. You're good. It was stupid. It was just another off comment about Nick Vincent. Um, totally on topic, you guys. <laughs>
1: i was just gonna say johnny your idea of bringing bringing players up due to injury uh also applies here i, I think it's like would you rather have ryan carl weathers over perdomo yeah probably i i think so would you rather have gore over just about anybody in the bullpen yeah probably i want to see that like it's just there are a couple people uh gara stammen And perdomo where it's like man we should have better pieces than that i i I get the value in long relief but it's like patinho and cal seem to really be good options there strom also can be long relief and serves the lefty purpose i just think there are clear up possible upgrades there and we have so little to lose because the bullpen has been so bad anyway like, if they come up and they struggle, oh, okay, great, welcome to the team, we're the struggling bullpen. Like, come on in. But they might be able to get some big league experience and possibly work on some stuff on real hitters and not whatever's at the alternate site. I mean, because think about it, That who, who are the hitters down at the alternate site? Like, Oliveres and... Uh, Jorge Onya. <laughs> yeah, Onya. Like, I just feel like uh, the learning there could be extremely limited. Are you saying that Abraham Almonte is not is not giving
0: them a run for their money? <laughs> yes, quite literally. That is what I am saying. <laughs>
1: quite literally. Every time um, that name real comes quick. up, it feels oh, yeah. unreal that he signed here. It, it just seems like, no, that's no way, right? Not again. Yeah. And it is real. Yeah. Why? Why did we do that? Luckily, it, um, is not, it hasn't been a long-term thing. I When he started getting starts, I was like, oh, God, here we go. This is going to be... The Jose Perella. This is going to be the Ian Kinsler of the year. There's always oh, one, yeah. and this is going to be the one. And luckily, it seems that is not the case, and that Profar is the case. But Profar has actually been okay, so I'm not going to bash him as harshly as I would have last week, where he was very bad. Yeah, He's had some clutch hits. Yeah.
0: Um, of our big four starting four, uh, of Davies, Lamette, Paddock, and Richards. Who do you think is? second on the team in strikeouts per nine uh davies i'm gonna go i'm gonna go richards you have it open joel no no because it's davies <laughs> wow really <laughs> zach davies is second on the as far as the the main four starters because um Quantrill and lucchese technically are higher with less innings but uh it's Lamette at the top with 12.2 davies at second in 7.8 strikeouts per nine Ooh. Paddock with third, or Paddock in third with seven point seven, and Richards uh, in fourth with seven point three. So all pretty decent strikeout per nine numbers, but um, but uh, yeah, i was surprised to see Davies so high up there. Killer strikeout per walk. He's only given up seven walks in thirty five innings, so I like that. Yeah,
2: Baseball Reference baseball has them ranked like as shit. our uh, number one starter at the moment, and I, I have a hard time arguing wow. against that. I mean, he, he just went. Four and two, you know? Super deep. Eight innings uh, his last yeah. time out, which is a huge relief for the bullpen, which is, you know, had been getting stretched, as Tony mentioned, playing 17 games in 17 days. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about Davies right now. That's actually what informed my guess. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so between him and Lamette, I mean, just excellent starting pitching there. Yeah, I'm looking I, I know there's a little it. bit of That's concern insane. about Paddock. Um, Richard's a little bit less so. You know, he's already kind of – he's getting older. He's 32. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean – I'm hearing from some of the the hotter takes out there on sports radio that, that Paddock just really isn't the the ace guy that uh, maybe we've all expected him to be, and that maybe we're putting a little too much pressure on I mean mm. not pressure on him, but we're, just the expectations are too high for Paddock to be an ace. When I mean, really he's going to be a number two or number three guy um, at best. And like I, I got mad at first at those takes, but I'm like, <laughs> I mean, if he's not able to get a consistent you know mixture of you know three to four pitches. It's going to be hard for him. I don't know. I mean, unless he's just got supreme command, which that was his upside, right? That was what the breakout was, was he just had supreme command of that fastball and changeup, and he was just able to mow everybody down. But it seems like if that ebbs and flows, he's going to have those kind of ups and downs and streaky performances. It's just the way it's going to go. Unless, of course, he finds some other way to to be effective um, in the form of, you know, getting another pitch, getting command of another pitch, or, you know, just better stuff with the the breaking pitches. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to figure out that curveball. I think
0: either the curveball or the or the the cutter there. One of those two. Um,
2: Maybe uh, or, more. You know, can teach him the uh, the Frankenstein. Oh my God! Knuckle chain. That knuckle chain. <laughs> so. I love that cool. thing. He, that thing is so. Cool. Dude, he keeps getting strikeouts
0: with it. It's just
1: fantastic. He threw it again today, and it's just like wow. That is yeah. I... It's just like whoo,
0: just tumbles. Slowly and so there. weird
1: looking, and I think Pitching Ninja said yeah. in his YouTube video, he's like, Look, he looks like he has a Lego hand when he throws it, and it's so uh, perfect because it's just got a little, little tiny fist, nubs, just like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: It's 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 crazy. Um, I mean, or maybe you know, I, I feel like it would, it would sell him extremely short to say that Paddock could be like an amazing closer of the future for 10 to 12 years. Um But if he is a number two, like if that's a number two on a playoff team, like if that's, you know, like Clayton Kershaw or Carlos Carrasco or trying to think of other good playoff teams with number twos, like Noah Syndergaard or, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe like a little, you know, with like less walks or something like that, um, like that's still really damn good. I mean, I don't think that's maybe what we exactly we were all hyped for when he like came out of the gates like storming last year, but. But if he's like mid three zra, one point two whip, two hundred strikeouts a season, fifteen you know, fifteen wins a season, like that's that's totally cool. Um, you made a what? A rainbow snake. Another yeah, visit
1: from the so producers. Nice. This time on
0: Johnny's <laughs> that's Right, hand. My other producer, Ari. Wow. Made a rainbow snake. Wow. Can we get yeah, a name on
2: that bad right. boy? Mommy did it. Oh, she yeah. will. That is the lovely, lovely like rainbow it. snake there. Yes, he did. Yeah.
0: I put it
2: on the eyes. Dang, nice. That looks beautiful.
1: That's the mouth. I love it. That's the tongue. It's like Is you that know what a snake oh, sounds
0: people. like? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like that's animal <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite Here think I that's know. a snake. <laughs> oh. Hey Ari, can you shut the door? Nope, she's not going to. I'll be right back.
1: That's a new diamond backs hashtag. Instead of it being rattle rattle on, it's just gonna be
2: How do you spell that though? Mm-hmm. It's
1: kinda <laughs> unclear. Oh, Tony was Tune proposing in a
2: hashtag <laughs> and I was asking how you'd spell that. <laughs> T S. like
0: Z-
1: Oh
2: yeah,
0: there we go. There it is. That's pretty good. Oh my gosh. Um so yeah, I, I looking back at all three of ours, I feel like all three are good suggestions for the team. You know, don't walk guys. Good idea. Um Pod squad only fans. Um, no, that, <laughs> that was number number yeah. today, yeah. I think that would also help the bullpen. <laughs> that would help the bullpen. Monkey's Pod, um, it's only the male Pod Squad.
1: <laughs>
2: oh my God.
0: <laughs> Listen, man, you know, whatever. It's, it's some fans would really like that.
1: Yeah, fans too. Come on. That's true. It's fine. That's yeah. True.
0: Listen, it would, be, it would be very misogynistic of us for us to be like, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, 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 so bullpen, don't walk, guys. Uh, call up people that are exciting and young, and uh, you know when uh, when the long ball isn't working, like manufacture those runs. Get on base, get that OBP up. I feel like those are yeah,
2: that's the recipe for success. It was it, add was it those AJ, all together. Was it Aj Pollock, you said baseball's easy. I think it was a hot mic in the dugout. Home run Baseball's easy. Bro. Baseball's easy. <sighs> oh my gosh! Yeah, just hit the ball
0: just don't don't not miss the ball that's it um and so that is mostly it for our main section of the show today uh we're gonna transition into second to last part which is our recommendations Uh, we provide some some hot tips some good advice for the folks at home uh for all of our compadres and i'll start off here with a game uh that we were we were talking about a little bit before um but it's a game that I've been playing a lot recently. Uh, it's on the PS4. It is a PS4 exclusive. Uh, so if you don't have a PS4, sorry about it, but uh, it's called Ghost of Tsushima, which is really fun to say. Um T S U S H I M A. it too. is a um, hmm? it makes me hungry too.
2: Sushi- mm,
0: Tsushima. It does. Bad joke. Sushi. Mm, uh, <laughs> uh but it is a uh it, it's, it's an RPG uh you are a samurai um I will help you play Minecraft in like 10 minutes if you can give me 10 minutes <laughs> okay we'll give you like 10 minutes
1: um so uh Johnny is going to help his child play ghost of Tsushima in 10 know, minutes God damn it! <laughs> I think that's what we all heard all right?
2: right?
1: <laughs> yes, I will help you right. decapitate.
2: Soldiers in <laughs> You see when they're squirming around on the ground, if you push square, you can end their you suffering. Know, so, so that's,
0: that's definitely my chance. Definitely my chance. You, you can grab that controller, and if you want to find something
2: to sit on, you can do that.
0: Why are you taking off your clothes?
2: Not only is it fun, but it has the added benefit of letting you heal yourself. You
1: better use it. <laughs> you to grab that controller and play. Okay. Okay,
2: so that
0: sounds great. Okay, there we go. So, uh, let me try that again. So, my recommendation for this week is a uh, game. It's a PS4 exclusive. It's called Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and uh, I've been playing it a lot recently. We were talking about it before the, before the podcast. But you are a samurai, um, and the Mongols are attacking uh, Japan. And so, you're going through and eradicating their presence and, and freeing the people Um, but it's, it's, I had played it with my at my friend's house, um, a few weeks ago, and that was how I had learned about it, uh, but it's a really beautiful game, graphics are fantastic, I I love all the mechanics, like, especially, um, when you're riding the horse, like, they've really gotten the, the feel of, like, how a horse moves down, I was really, like, surprised, I don't know, it's like a small little thing, but I was really appreciated how well the game is put together, the storyline's really cool, the, the, um it's just like all swords for the most part so it's really really fun Um, so Ghost of Tsushima uh, very fun game so that's my recommendation for this week Um, Tony how about you?
1: also loving Tsushima Uh, very fun Uh, my recommendation for this week is uh, kind of a different one I don't think this has this kind of uh, field has really been recommended before but uh, totally applicable for the show Um, kind of randomly I uh, came across this YouTube channel and it's actually uh, Phil Hughes's former Padre um, YouTube channel where he just basically opens up baseball cards. Uh, he obviously has plenty of money to buy all the stuff that we will never buy and uh, I have found it to scratch that itch of wanting to open packs and the fun of like, what are you going to get except it costs me $0 and that's pretty great. And I've been really pleasantly surprised at how interesting and fun it's been to watch. And he kind of does a very good job of um, going through rarities of cards and why this one's cool and why this one's cool. And uh, it's educational about a topic that I find interesting, but don't really find interesting enough to go, full bore into i don't have the space or the money to be collecting baseball cards really Um, but they're obviously cool i think most fans of baseball can appreciate a baseball card either from a retro aspect or some of the fun new designs or uh, the art or the printing process some of them are like clear and they just have the artwork over like a clear substrate which is kind of cool some of them are holographic some of them are uh, like i said made to look retro so they have a bunch of kind of neat pastel colors but uh the channel is called phil's poles and it is on youtube and it's been pretty fun it's definitely scratching an itch right now i don't know if i will hang with it forever but 10 minute video of opening up some baseball cards has kind of served a nice little early morning while i'm having my coffee or just kind of looking to fill a little bit of time don't want to jump into a tv show or a movie um it's kind of been scratching the itch i like that i to kind of piggyback on that
0: as well i know matt strom's been doing um stadium pulls on twitter as well so if you if you're on twitter uh you can follow matt strom and and he's uh he's doing uh
2: baseball cards i started that recently so i thought that was yeah um i'm sorry i'm gonna bite what what are stadium pulls is it just a name for like what he does with baseball cards or oh yeah yeah sorry
0: so he does he does the he he pulls the baseball cards but he's at petco when he does it so he'll do it like pre-game or whatever and so yeah he'll like do it in like different parts of the stadium and so, which is like I think just because like no one's there this year, like he can just kind of walk around
2: wherever pregame and you know. Was it Strom who pulled like... an Astros card and was like, "Oh, it's this guy. He's an own yep. shooter <laughs> And it's like moved on. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: Phil has done a pretty good job with the Astros as well. Where uh, a common thing with him is oh, the no. eBay comp will come up because it'll just to show the value of the card. And yeah. many times he'll pull an Astro back gonna throw that one and he'll just throw it to like his dud pile and it just immediately is thrown in there it doesn't matter if it, the only one is um, uh, like rookies to this year he'll kind of extend mm. a little bit of leniency to because it's like well
2: eh. Kyle Tucker is of the world
1: exactly quite literally yeah. the Kyle Tucker of yeah. the world and uh, <laughs> I think they're uh, <laughs> but not Jordan Toro is a rookie as well right I think he anyway there's a couple of rookies I on the team so, that's yeah. like okay I'm not going to publicly bash you on my YouTube channel but the rest of them open season. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
2: Um, So I'll use it as a segue into my recommendation, which is actually very similar to Tony's. Um, It's another YouTube recommendation. Um, These are actually much longer form videos, but they're so satisfying to me, and um, I'm pretty hooked on them. I've only been able to find three so far. Um, But again, these are uh, the channel's called Epicurious, and they do these how-to videos. Um, There's this guy, he's like a he's like the manager of a seafood uh, market in New England somewhere I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was like Maine or Boston or something like that but uh, basically he goes through every type of fish you can think of and how you would clean and process it uh, in order to be able to you know use it at home to to cook or uh, you know prepare for selling like he does for his work Um, and it's just fascinating but it's like a half hour YouTube video so set aside some time or you know when you're you know lying in bed battling uh, insomnia and you need something to do while you're on your phone um fire up these epicurious how-to youtube videos uh, so i've watched um how to clean every type of fish how to prepare every type of shellfish which is similar but different right so he goes into like clams and crab lobster gooey duck which is hilarious and looks phallic there's no way around it um and then there's another one that's really entertaining where uh, a guy talks about how to go through uh he calls it how to make every type of cocktail which is of course impossible so he does i think a selection of like 35 classic cocktails um and then like talks about a little bit of the history of each cocktail super interesting videos um but again when you have a little bit more time to set aside to to sit back and watch it a very long youtube video but i promise it's not going to feel that long once you get into them they are super addictive and if you find any other ones let me know i need to chase the dragon they're they're, they're super good <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice! I, I I love videos like that. So that is um, uh, three solid recommendations for you folks. Uh, just just good ways to spend your time. Um, whether you're whether you're killing Mongols, um, looking at baseball cards, or learning how to prepare shellfish, uh, any of them they'll help you. Um, so that's it for the main part of 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 today's show. Um, Of course, you can, uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at Dad's Talking Dads. Um, You can email us, dadstalkingdads, at gmail.com. And, of course, don't forget to uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, Subscribe. Uh, I believe it's on basically everywhere where you can find podcasts. Uh, Tell your friends uh, if you know any Padre fans or prospective Padre fans. I figure this bandwagon's about to get some some new uh some new followers on it so uh let them know about dad's talking dads um but that is it for this week of dad's talking dads i am johnny i'm joel and i'm tony and we will talk to you again soon as always go padres